What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of the Greg Campy Show, brought to you by the Evans Lawn Group. Of course, he is the coach, Greg Campy. My name is Neil Rule, the voice of the Golden Grizzlies. Happy to have you with us. Usually, uh, as you guys know by now, we're at RJ's Pub in Rochester Hills. Certainly, the uh, the situation right now does not permit that, but we're working to get back there, um, as we always said. In the meantime, you know, support the companies that support the Golden Grizzlies. If you could give Russ and the guys. You know, some business over there, that certainly would be great. Uh, we certainly would support that as well. Remember, you can get involved with the show on Twitter. Tweet us a question with the hashtag AskCampy. We got tons of food questions coming in, which the food stuff continues to permeate here on, on the Greg Campy show. Uh, but, Coach, I know, you know, I, you and I had talked a lot o- over the weekend, certainly after the games against Cleveland State. I know that you were bitterly disappointed, but the, the calendar still moves on, and it's time to go back to work. Yeah, I mean, it's <clears throat> it didn't kill us in any way, shape, or form. It just made the last two weeks on the road tougher. And, uh, you know, I I didn't think we played especially well on Friday night. I didn't think we handled the moment of play in the first team, and we'd had some great practices. And uh, But that's part of the learning process. I thought we came back the next day, and we played well enough to win the game, had opportunities to win the game. Uh some things happened out of our control that probably kept us from winning the game or uh, at least giving us a chance to win it in overtime. And, and some things happened that was part of our control that kept us from winning the game too. You know, a, a, re- <clears throat> a really bad decision on a breakaway by a young man that wants to win really bad. And, you know, it's a learning experience and it didn't kill us. Um, and then, uh, you know, we got an un- untimely technical foul with frustration. We got an offensive foul in a one-point game, a frustration foul where a kid was being grabbed and held and down in the post, and he finally just threw an elbow to get the guy off him, and all they saw was the elbow. Uh, or if they did see it, they didn't deem the crap that went on before was a foul. And, uh, you know, so you, you keep – when you're playing – the top of the league and you make you know in one or two point games one possession games you make plays like that up up one and get a technical foul up one get an offensive foul down two and you've got to break away to tie the game and you run in front of somebody to get a foul. you know when you keep doing those things you're not going to win that game and even despite all that you know uh misfortunate decision um, out of our control caused us to uh, not go to overtime, but maybe it shouldn't even have gone to overtime. So if we learn from all that and we're in that position again against them or Wright State or, you know, anybody in the tournament and we've learned from it, uh, it'll give us a better chance to win. And it's a lot easier to teach somebody something when they've made the mistake than it is to tell them that this could happen. You know, so in in part, you never want things like that to happen. But in, when you're in a in a in the COVID year and all that kind of stuff, you've got to use it as learning and teaching tools. So while not happy, we move on. You know, Camp, and you've always talked about this, and this is one of the phrases uh, that you use that I use a lot uh, in life when I'm talking to my sons and stuff like that. Is is the down and distance phrase uh, that you you got to know the scoreboard. At the time, and it's one of those things, Camp, I, I know most people don't think about it that way. I know I didn't for a long time until you're around this all the time. But but you you bring that up. Two points going one way that you don't get. Two points a team gets going the other way. For all the math people here, that, that's that's a four-point swing, which is if a team scores 80 points, that's you know, that that's a good, you know, a good piece. That's a good piece of the scoreboard right there, which really, really inhibits your ability to win the basketball game. And those those are those down and distance things that you always talk about. Well, having been a football player, I just, you know, you learn about down and distance. You learn about, you know, I mean, you get so mad. I use this a lot with my team. You you get so mad when you watch losing teams make poor decisions. And, and you know, and, I, and the Lions haven't won a lot of, in my lifetime, um, if ever. And... You know, that I was alive when they, they won in 57. I was two. Uh, but, you know, you just get tired of watching 
a team on fourth and eight throw a four yard pass and hope that somebody can make a play to get, you know, you, and, and you make those mistakes on a basketball court and you're going to lose just as if you do on a football field, you're going to lose. And we talk down in distance every day. We talk about it in practice. We talk about it locker room, pregame, postgame. We talk down in distance every day. And, you know, the other, the other line we use with that is the smart take from the strong. You know, the, if you're intelligent, you can beat somebody that might be more talented. If you have a path to victory and you understand the path of, to victory, uh, on a given day, you can beat anybody. I believe we can beat anybody in the country on a given day. I think we have enough talent to do that. Uh, but we can also lose to everybody in the country because we're probably not the most experienced, smartest team there is. And, and these all these games in a season that doesn't count has really given us a chance to get smarter. And you won't hear it unless something happens that we have a lot of turnover in our roster. You won't hear this talk next year, you know, because there'll be no excuses for this with all we've gone through and a veteran team coming back, you make mistakes like this, then they become mistakes. When you repeat your problems, then you've got a real problem. And so we talk about it a lot this year, but we shouldn't be talking about it at all next year. You know, Camp, I, I know we're kind of talking in a 35,000-foot you know, uh, perspective right now as, as we look at those two games against Cleveland State. What, what, about, what about on the court, Camp? What, what were you guys able to do uh, that you liked? And conversely, what was Cleveland State able to do against you uh, maybe that you didn't like? Well, we didn't have a lot of juice on Friday night in our zone. And, and you know, if you play that defense, it's, a, it's an – athletic you're out of position you cause chaos defense if you don't play it with great emotion and great energy you're going to get exposed at certain areas you know we'll get exposed rebounding and what we did is we allowed Patton who he's improved he's he's really improved over last year he's a lot better offensive player than he was a year ago and we gave him avenues to the basket part in part the scheme and part the game plan but also in part that we didn't play with the energy level that we needed to play we took care of that on saturday uh but you know they made some shots they had some kids that, that aren't shooters make shots and that's what teams that win championships do that's why they're in first place they they find a way to win uh and in, in their case they're they're a very balanced team so you have to, you know, you have to guard areas of the court instead of people against them. And uh, I thought we did fine, but we just kept shooting ourselves in the foot at the offensive end every time we had a chance to open up a lead or take the game, you know, in control. We just made a lot, a lot of bad plays, and we missed some shots. And our team this year is predicated on being able to make shots. And when we don't, we don't do well. And when we do, we do well. Um, now we've got to grow as a team where we can win when we're not making shots. And I think we will, you know, I think over time we will, I think in the future that this, this team is talented enough to get to that point, but right now to beat the best teams in the league, we've got to shoot the ball. We don't have to shoot it. Great. We just got to make open shots. And then, you know, Friday night we missed point blank, you know, Micah Parrish was having a hell of a freshman year you know, started the game point blank air ball layup and then got a rebound and missed again. And that frustrated him. And I thought we lost him for about 20, 25 minutes in that game. And then the last 10 minutes of the game, I thought he was the best player on the floor. And that's typical of a talented freshman to have their ups and downs like that. You know, Camp, and that's something I talked about during the, the television broadcast for sure is that the, the thing with, with freshmen, I talked about this with Dan Oladapo today, too, in a, in a Zoom video interview that we did that we'll be putting out on social media. With with the freshmen, and, and certainly the high-ceiling freshmen, obviously, that we have with, with Micah and with Trey Townsend, when you see them reach that ceiling more often than they don't, that becomes the expected norm, I guess you would say. And you forget that they will have those ups and downs. And I asked Dan about that when, when he was a freshman. He was freshman of the year at, at his junior college. And he said, "Yeah, absolutely. You know, for you, you, 
you have that whole process that you have to go through and, and you reach that ceiling and you think you're there and you know you have a 20 minute stretch where it doesn't go your way and you get down about it again thinking you went back to where you were but I think with with the guys that have played at such a high level certainly over that run you know it, it you start to expect that as the norm and, and there you forget that there's going to be those, those ups and those downs well if we're going to win at the highest level in this league those kids have to play I mean our young kids have to play uh Micah and Trey and then you know somebody off the bench has to, you know we've got you can't just sit there and hope that Jalen Moore and Rashad you know who's, it's been a struggle for him with his injuries this year um and Kangu or Zion or you know the, and even most of those guys are one-year guys too but you, you your freshman our freshmen are going to have to make plays down the stretch if we're going to get to a top four, get to spy, get to seed, and if we're going to get to a Indianapolis, and if we're going to win, those freshmen are going to have to play. And everyone wants to say, well, they're not freshmen anymore. They've played, but they're still freshmen. I mean, it's, that's just, you know, basketball talk that they're not anymore. And you say that stuff in March because you all want to win. But the truth of the matter is it's their first year. They're still uh, 17, 18 years old, and they're playing against – you know, Loudon loves 23, you know. That's I mean, it. it. That That's it, all 23. He's like the Tony Rice at college basketball, man. It feels like he's been there for 10 years. Well, and that's just my point. You can sit there and say they played 20 games, but they're still physically, you know. I mean, the most important year of any player in a, from a physical jump and a playing jump are freshmen. They're freshmen to sophomore years when they've played. It's always the first year they play to the second year that off season is usually the, the jump that you see in players and we uh, Tanner Holden's a perfect example at Wright State he, you know he was a good freshman last year that nobody really cared about or guarded now you know some people think he's the best player on their team um, if he is and he's close and that's a you know a big jump he made from that first year playing to the second year and I expect our guys will make that jump too they're going to have to if we're going to be champions next year so uh, or be in the championship race next year which I think all our fans and all our players and all our staff believe that we can be and will be and everything we're doing in this COVID year yeah we want to win now but everything we're doing is is the, of the view of what could happen in the future. You know, Camp, since we're talking about freshmen, what about this? And this is a theory I just – it just kind of hit me uh, as you were talking. In a typical basketball year, we'd be in the point where you're seeing everybody for the second time right now. And there are still two teams that you have not seen played. Yeah, we have not played against in Robert Morris, of course, and against Milwaukee. You had not seen Cleveland State up until they got to the arena. And speaking from a freshman perspective – I would guess that's that's a big thing. Oh, you tell me. Am I am I a dumb media guy, or what's the story on that? Would you agree with that? Well, we're ten days away from the regular season being over. There's twelve teams in our league, and we haven't seen four of them. Sure. So that I mean, it's just a screwy year. I, I talked with some national media people today about this. You know, Oakland's played more games than any team in the country. We said it played twenty three games, and and we we had a good plan for COVID and, and it worked. We got all our games in early in the non-league. We've been able to survive and, and make it through. And I'm not going to say we're going to make it through because there's still a lot of time left and a lot of tests to be taken and you could always pop a positive. So uh, we've, we've handled it and it, it's, it's, it's just a strange, weird year. I mean, any college basketball longtime fan out there has to believe it's a strange year when Duke is tenth in the in the ACC, Kentucky is tenth in the SEC, and Michigan State is tenth in the Big Ten. I mean, think about that. And Kansas isn't even in the top twenty-five. Now you think about that. I don't think Arizona's in there. Uh, I didn't vote for him in my poll. I never looked to see what the final poll was that came out nationally the other day. I'm on that. I'm on that uh, polling committee, and I vote every every week, but I don't pay that much attention to how it comes out. I, I'm thinking Arizona's not, you know. So name another UCLA is snuck into there. They're one of the blue bloods. So 
I mean, it's just, think about that. It's just a strange year. North Carolina played Duke the other day and nobody cared. I mean, right. nobody cared except the, the Tar Heels and their nation and, uh, and ESPN and ESPN, of course. And, and, uh, and Duke's people, you know, I don't even know who won, to be honest with you. I, I, I don't should, either. <laughs> I should know because I'm on that committee to vote, but I'm vote for either one of those teams and I'm not going to vote for them for a long time, you know, because there's, they'd have to do a lot of work to get back in there. And, uh, so it's just a strange year. It's just a year of survival, grow, get better. As we've talked about, guys get redos, you know. Now, that is the next question, Neil, is what's that going to look like? You know, what are the redos going to look like? Who's going to come back? Who is it? With the new transfer rule, which has been put on hold again, I don't know why it keeps getting put on hold, but who's going to go? Who's going who's gonna to leave? Duke and go play at Michigan State. Who's going to leave Kentucky and go play at Kansas? Who's going to leave so and so and go play at, at Kentucky? I mean, who knows what the, what's going to happen and what kids are going to say? You know, I got my degree. I don't need another year. I want to go start my pro career either in Europe or in the CBA or in, or in their minds. I'm sure they're all thinking they'll be in the NBA, but that ain't going to happen. You know, so. And then you got all these high school kids that, that college coaches haven't even seen play because we can't go recruiting and all we can do is watch video. And, and are we going to invest $250,000 into a kid that you never saw play? Uh, so what's going to happen to high school kids? What's, what, what's going to happen to the kids that don't get scholarships that are really good? And, and are they going to go to Division two? And then are we going to steal them from Division two? Are they going to go to junior colleges? Are they going to go to prep schools? You know, where's this glut of talent that's not going to be rewarded? Where is it going to go? And and so all those questions out there for this offseason, it, it, it's been a tough year, but this offseason is going to be the craziest thing I've ever seen. And hopefully by September it will have settled down and everybody will be able to understand it. All right, Coach, let's do this, and we'll take our first break. When we come back, the, the Horizon League Championship seeding uh, was released uh, just a few days ago, so I do want to get your take on that, maybe break it down a little bit for us. Uh, you know, you talked about the uh, the G League, too. If there's time, I'm, I might squeeze in a question about that. Maybe we can shelf that till next week. Uh, we'll, we'll see how that shakes out. Of course, we got a ton of questions to get to on Twitter with the hashtag AskCampy, so you can still tweet your questions. We will get to all of them. However long it takes, uh, we certainly will do that. Look ahead to Robert Morris as well. So a lot to get to here. We'll be right back with more. The Greg Campy Show brought to you by the Evans Law Group. Back at it here with the Greg Campy Show, brought to you by the Evans Law Group, usually live at RJ's Pub in Rochester Hills. Uh, you guys know the circumstances, not there as of right now, but certainly if you can support Russ and support everybody over at RJ's, we certainly would encourage you to do so in damn good season fries. That's the uh, that's the end result. You're the ultimate winner and all that because you get the season fries. Remember to send your questions on Twitter with the hashtag AskCampy. Got a glut of those to get to, but we'll get to them all. But Camp, I did want to touch on this with you and you can give your thoughts and and really how this has impacted things. The latest Horizon League Men's Basketball Championship seedings has dropped. Uh, Cleveland State, number one. Wright State, number two. The Golden Grizzlies, number three. Northern Kentucky, four. Youngstown State, five. Uh, Detroit Mercy, six. Green Bay, seven. Milwaukee, eight. Purdue, Fort Wayne, nine. UIC, 10. IUPUI, 11. Robert Morris, 12. So your thoughts um, as, as far as the Golden Grizzlies look on paper doesn't look like a lot of damage was done last week so you know from that standpoint just keep win some basketball games right yeah and the fans you know there there seems to be very little talk about this other than the people that are upset and uh, they don't understand. Let's, for example, let's take Detroit. Detroit's won seven of their last eight games. Uh, they're seven and five. They went to Youngstown and they beat Youngstown twice at Youngstown. And I believe Youngstown is fifth and Detroit is sixth. And I think Youngstown has this Detroit's seven and five, and I think Youngstown is six. 10 
and nobody can understand how can Youngstown be ahead of Detroit. Well, I think Detroit has three road wins. Um, the problem for Detroit when this is all said and done is that they're only going to play 16 games. And as we talked last week, you got what's what's better, 18 and 2 or 12 and 0? You know, what's a better season? Um, 15 and 5 or, or 9 and 2? You know, the, the, those are questions that people didn't want to answer because they didn't know how to answer. So they decided to come up with a formula and they threw it all into a formula. The powers that be of the league, which are the athletic directors, the presidents, the, the general, uh, not general counsel, the, the uh, something, executive counsel, they decided that this was the best way to go at, at it to keep prejudice, uh, decision-making out of the human's hands. And everybody agreed on it, and that's what we went with. Well, the formula rewards four things. It rewards games played, and Youngstown has played 16 games. Detroit's played 12. It's, it rewards strength of schedule. So Youngstown is one and three against the two teams that are running away with the league. Uh, right now you've got Cleveland State at 14 and two and Wright State at 13 and three. And then anybody that's played, you know, a full stretch of games, I think we're, we've got eight wins. Northern Kentucky has nine wins, um, but nobody else is, you know. So that's the next tier of people. Well, Youngstown's one and three against them, and Detroit's zero and two. Detroit has a huge chance this weekend. They play at Cleveland State twice. And I would assume, based on how this works, if they go to Cleveland State and win two, based on the on the that's that's like winning two and a half games because I think if you win on the road, you get a, a, a one point two five. So that's like going and getting two and a half wins. And you went and just beat the first place team. Now they probably won't be the first place team anymore, but you're still you're the one of the two teams. And now they're two and two against the top. For your strength of schedule versus us is one and three and Youngstown is one and three. So they're going to go over, even though we beat Detroit three out of four times, Detroit will blow by us, even if we win to. The other reason I think you see up, us up there as number three is because we haven't played Robert Morris, who right now is in last, although they're a good basketball team and they've lost four overtime games. I mean, you talk about a team that could sit there and say we could be in the top four, it's them. Um, but because they are in, you know, have the least amount of wins in the league, we haven't played them yet. We haven't played IUPUI yet. And, um, and both and won't. And both those teams, you know, have very few wins and, and have played the least amount of games. So that hasn't hurt us in the, in a mathematical formula. And that's why we're there. Now, two weeks from now, we could be eighth. But I will tell you that the, the quirk that in the scheduling and because of COVID that we're going to be the only team in the league that, you know, over half the league isn't even going to play eight road games. We're playing 12. We get a bonus for playing road games. So that's going to factor in a mathematical formula to our benefit. Let's say we go and split. The, the two season, the two season-ending road trips, Wright State and uh, Milwaukee. Let's say we we split them. Well, we really won two and a half games because they're all on the road. Right. So we'll have played twelve road games, and we will have eight road wins. Uh, other than Cleveland State and and uh, uh, Wright State, nobody else can have eight road wins. You know, they're only playing eight road games or ten road games. But, you know, right now, oh, no, if we split, we'd have six road wins. My bad, because we'd have ten wins. We'd have six road wins. But that's still, 
more than most people will have. If, if we if we were to win them all, we would have eight road wins. And if we did, then I don't care what anybody else is going to do. We're going to be third. You know, I, I mean, unless maybe if Northern Kentucky sweeps right state at home, they could, you know, so, you know, it's all on our shoulders. We can, we can guarantee ourselves a top three, three or four seed. If we win the, our four road games, give us, it give us eight road wins. So that's the formula. So while fans might be un- upset about our understanding, they got to understand that there had to be a formula. Otherwise you're going to let humans say, Oh, he's there better than them or there. And how could you say Detroit's better than Oakland if we beat them three out of four times twice? You know, we played two at their place, two at our place. And Detroit might be better than we are. You know, I mean, they're sure playing good right now. But I don't think when push came to shove, you could say, well, they beat us three out of four. They played 20 games. We only played 16, and their record's not as good. You know what I'm saying? You just can't do that. There is no answer to is 18 and two better than 12 and all? There's no answer to that. There's opinion, but there's no answer. Right. And so, it, go ahead. No, I was going to say, and the moral of the story is if you're Detroit or you're a Detroit fan, you get your opportunity this weekend. You go to Cleveland State, you win games, you'll move up. I mean, through all this, as it, as it changes, and we see this with the college football rankings all the time, everybody talks who should be four, who should be five. You know, the, there's going to be games still. There are still games to play. This will all sort itself out on the floor. Right. And when this is over, if there are no COVID, if there are no COVID uh, stoppages and the league schedule plays out the way it did, Detroit would not have played. They'll, they'll have played Cleveland State. They'll have played Wright State. They'll have played Oakland twice, four times. That's eight of their 16 games. Youngstown twice is 10 of their games. They'll have played Robert Morris and uh, Fort Wayne twice. There's 14 of their games and Green Bay. So they have not, they will not have played Northern Kentucky. They will not have played IUPUI. They will not have played Milwaukee. They will not have played UIC. There's four teams in the league they will not have played. How can anyone sit there and say, well, where should they be? I mean, that's why there's a formula. There's no person that could look at that and say, well, you haven't played UIC. Well, at Oakland, we had to go to UIC twice. They won't have played Milwaukee. Well, at Oakland, we had to go to Milwaukee twice. So you can't sit there and say by a one loss, this is I, mean, I read somewhere somebody saying that I don't know if it was a Cleveland State fan or a Wright State fan was saying I just want to run, win the league so we can hang a banner. Well, there is no winning the league. You can be the number one seed and maybe you want to hang a banner for that. That's great, but you don't win the league. It's it's a mythical league championship. You can't have a league championship when you have one team. I mean, we're gonna have team play fourteen games. I think how how was that? You got a team in the league. There's 12 teams in our league. That team's only going to only play seven of them of the teams. Detroit's only going to play seven of the 12 teams. So you, what are you going to do? Well, the best thing you do is flip it all into a formula and say, okay, let's play, and then hope the year's over and COVID's gone, and we all get back to doing things the the way everybody can understand. Yeah, and, and also too, given that schedule, I mean. To, to just simply state a fact, Detroit was a team that had a couple-week break when when Oakland was still going through the meat grinder and going through, you know, going to a couple of road trips and, and all that stuff, too. I mean, I'm just – it's an observation that that's that's factual. You know, it's not to disparage anybody or anything like that. It's factual. Yeah, and, and somebody – I can't remember. Somebody said to me that somebody on Twitter or someplace said – it's not our fault that we didn't play. Uh, uh, must have been a Detroit fan. It's not our fault that we didn't play. And that might be true. If you look at Detroit, uh, you know, they were supposed to play UI, IUPUI, and IUPUI got the virus, so they played us instead. And then the, I, the UIC game, I believe, 
they were only going to be able to play one game. So they chose not Detroit chose not to play. So, you know, there's a game that they chose not to in a game that was cost them. And I, I don't know. I can't remember. I think Detroit couldn't play against Milwaukee. So Milwaukee didn't get two games because of Detroit. So you can't get into that blame game that, uh, you know, right. this team was at. We all knew coming in that this stuff could happen. We all knew that it was going to be inequitable. Uh, we all knew this. We all knew that. And we could complain. I want to complain about officials. You know, so I want to complain that an official cost us a game. But we all know we can't do that. You know, we all know that we can't. You know, they'll slap you with a fine. They'll slap you with a suspension if you do that. Well, you, the same thing holds true to this. You can't complain about the schedule and you can't complain that somebody got COVID. Nobody wanted to get COVID. N you know, so you just, you roll with the punches and you understand what the year is and you get ready for postseason and you play your hearts out. All 12 teams are going to do that. All right, Camp, we're going to take a break. When we come back, you're going to play your heart out because it's ass campy time. So, uh, you know, <laughs> buckle up, get ready right. for that. We'll be right back with more. Yeah, again, speak now or forever hold your peace, at least until uh, next Wednesday anyway. Tweet your question with the hashtag AskCampy. you got time to, to sneak a couple in there. We'll read them all. we got a long list to get to, but we certainly will do it. You are listening to The Greg Campy Show, brought to you by the Evans Law Group. Back at it here with the Greg Campy Show, brought to you by the Evans Law Group. It's your favorite time of the show. I think it's Campy's favorite time, too. I don't know that you would you admit that, but uh, but it is, I think. But anyway, though, uh, we're taking your questions with the hashtag Ask Campy. we got a long list to get to, so I'm, I'm not going to play around. I'm just going to get right into it. Pittsburgh Marty, our good friend, says, Going to miss you meeting you guys and seeing you live at Robert Morris this weekend, this Friday and Saturday. He's got a recruiting question. Camp wants to know, in terms of recruiting for next season, how many scholarships will you have available, and how do you best determine your needs? And do you go best player available or specific positions? Again, that's from Pittsburgh, Marty. We're sorry we're going to miss you, uh, Marty. Robert Morris, man, people forget. They were going to the NCAA tournament last year. They won the NEC tournament, and they were going to the tournament. Yeah, that's a good question, Marty, and it's one I can't answer because I don't understand what's going to happen. Um, you know, in the last couple of years, in February, I could answer that question, and then when – April got here, I was four or five scholarships off because we had people leave. And I think when the, when the uh, uh, transfer rule goes in, I, I, it, historically the last couple of years, there's been just under 1,000 kids in the transfer portal. I think there'll be 2,000 in there this year. Last year, there were six Oakland players in that transfer portal. I think the year before, there was four or five. I'm hoping this year's half that, zero, one, two. I hope that's what happens, but we'll see. As far as recruiting goes, you, you have to recruit needs uh, and get the best player you can at, at, with your needs. And if I had to pick one thing that I could get for this team next year, it would be a rim protector. Uh, Shaney Lawal, Keith Benson. Uh, can't think of my military kid's name right now. Isaiah Brock. Isaiah Brock. Yeah, type of pogo stick that we could put in the front of that rim uh, in our zone, and I think that would really, really that that would make that zone hard, hard, hard to score against. Uh, and a second need, I think, is, you know, a drop-dead shooter. I think we have them. They're just not doing it. And, you know, it's all mental. And I think hopefully with an off-season in years' time, we'll have that. So maybe our own player will meet that need. Maybe a healthy Rashad will meet that need. Um, and then the third thing that I would say that could even become the second thing probably is, is a backup point guard. You know, we need to we need the next Jalen Moore, the next K Felder. We need them early so they get a year, maybe where I could even redshirt them a year, um, and teach and, and get them ready to take over for Jalen. Now, we get Jalen two more years, which we weren't, you know, because of the COVID. So it, it's something we need, but it's not something we have to have. Uh, 
we, we signed a kid named Mason Gibson, who actually I believe could be that. Um, but Mason is somebody that can also play the off guard, and we think he's got a chance to be really, really special. And as far as that knockdown shooter, we think we signed him from Troy's thousand point last night uh, for Troy High. So I'm telling you, those are the needs. I'm hoping we filled them. I, I really believe that Mason Gibson can can just be an unbelievable basketball player in the Horizon League. I think Brody Parker can shoot shoot it as good as anybody. And we signed we signed a six eight kid. Uh, Will Shepard out of Texas and go Google him. You know, go Google Will Shepard. You want to talk about a, a three-point shooting stroke? Now he's 6'8", too. And uh, so those are our needs. I'm hoping that we've already filled them all with, with the players we've signed. The only thing there is what I said was number one, and that's a rim protector. Right now we don't have any scholarships available, um, but who knows what's going to be in a, in a in a month from now. Next question with the hashtag AskCampy. In Saturday's game camp, you put two players on the lane to contest for an offensive rebound during a one-and-one by Trey Townsend. Was there a specific score, time, situation leading you to go against your general rule? Is it something else? And that comes from Craig Hanford. Um, yeah. Um, the The – Players did that kind of on their own. And, and basically when we get into the last minute of a game and it's a really close game like that, and we have a free line that's not money, not, you know, and, and he's a freshman that's shooting in the 60%, which means he, if he shoots 10, four of them are going to miss. So we went on the line there, and then they took themselves off before the second one, and he missed. So it was like, what are we doing? <laughs> you know, I, I – I, uh, one thing you don't want to do when it's right in front of you like that is start yelling uh, uh, to those guys when mentally you needed him. And I felt comfortable. Trey had just made a three, then made a really good box out to get the over the back. Colin was at the line, made the first one. I, I would have bet he was going to make the second one. So I had no problem with them leaving. Uh, but the, it all comes down to down and distance, Neil. That's what we were talking about earlier, not distance. Minute to go, minute and a half to go in a game, you're down two, and you got a 60% free throw shooter at the line. Well, that, that possession of defense is important, but not as important as this free throw. And if we can get it back and get two or even a three off that and make it a four-point play, that's the time to try and do that. Or just control the game in general. Just be playing offense, yeah, even even if you don't score. Yeah, just control the game in general. Our good friend MD Fun 89 wants to know, Camp, what's your opinion of the first four? Should it be the way it is? Should it change to the last four at large? And I, I think I have an idea of the way that you're going to go with this because I think the Oakland program benefited greatly from the way that it is right now. No, I, I like the way it is. I, I, I think you can always tweak things and make them better, and I think it's something that powers that be should look at. But I think the, the last four in are really – they're probably all better than – 10 teams that are in, you know, um, but that's not what the tournament's really all about. The tournament's about the best from every league getting a chance. And then let's make sure we get every guys that, you know, if you're in that power five league and you got a really good team and you, but, but you're in Kentucky's league or you're in Gonzaga, you know, whatever, somebody has a better year, you still got a chance to play for the national championship. That's what they're doing with those last four in. I don't know. Uh, what's, the, what's the team? VCU made it to a Final Four as the last four in. And I'm not sure anybody else has, but it's been done in the last seven or eight years. So, obviously, that result shows that you can get there from the last four in. So, I think the way they do it is fine. And, you know, it's a, it's a money it's a money thing, too. You get, you get more money, your league gets more money for every victory that your league gets. And so, you know, all mid-majors would want more mid-majors and all the power fives want more power fives and probably the power fives are going to win. So I'm just happy that, that they don't make it two tournaments, you know. You got a mid-major champion and a power five champion and then maybe they play a championship game. I don't, I don't think we'd want that. 
So I don't, I'm not going to complain about it. Pete Smith tweets with the hashtag AskCampy. He says, are you a poutine guy? Uh, if so, do you prefer this, just the traditional gravy, or do you add pulled pork, bacon? I know you're, I know you're a big gravy on fries guy, Camp. You got to be, right? And yeah, I don't put anything. I'll put some chili on a fry once in a while, but I don't even like that. I like fries. Let me repeat that. I like French fries, and I like to dip them. And I like cheese, and I like gravy. And I'll, I'll go with ketchup. I've even done mustard. Uh, but gravy's right up there. But it's got to be a homemade brown gravy. It can't just be any gravy. I don't want turkey gravy. I don't want chicken gravy. I want a homemade brown gravy. And then I want to dip. I'm not a pour-it-on guy either. I want it in a in a thing next to it so I can put as much on as I want. You want to be in control. And that's exactly, that's right after my own heart camp because I, I, I'm i with you on there. I want to control how much is on there. And if I want more, then damn it, I'm putting more on. Kind of like I want to call timeouts when I want to call them. Yeah. <laughs> You don't want anybody else calling them for you. No question about that. Else calling for. <laughs> Rob Brooks, uh, big fan of the show. Hashtag AskCampy. Coach, what's your favorite pizza in Port Huron? Mine's 24th Street Pizza. They make a good pie. Do you get to the Port Huron area much, Camp? I got to about 10 years ago. We were, oh, it has to be way longer than that. Uh, probably 15 years ago, we, were, we recruited a kid by the name of Jay Thames from uh, Port Huron Northern. So I got there, uh, and there that I would, uh, I can't remember the name of it. And then I, I, uh, a year ago to see, uh, a, a high school coach, a friend of mine, I uh, gotten back from having cancer and was coaching his first game back from cancer. And I wanted to support him. And, uh, he had a player he wanted me to see, and so I went, and they were playing Port Huron Northern, and the coach of Port Huron Northern is a friend. He's been on our team camp for years, and it was a, a Friday night where none of the kids we were recruiting were playing, and we were at home. So I drove up to Port Huron for that game, and I ate right off. I can't remember the name of it. It might have just been at Denny's. So if people want to let me know where to eat in Port Huron, uh, I would be glad to know. So next time I go, what was it called? Two twenty-four. Uh twenty-fourth Street Pizza. That was Rob Brooks's recommendation. So you you tell Rob that the next time I'm in Port here and I'm going to Twenty-fourth Street Pizza. <laughs> there you go. We got a back-to-back pizza questions here. At uh, Oakland U fan says on Twitter, Coach, I think you and Dave Portnoy from Barstool Sports should do a pizza review together. If it were to happen, Coach, where would you take them? Yeah, I saw that was the one question I saw today. Did, a little bit before I thought I didn't realize it was an ask campy question. So I tweeted back at him and what I said to him is my, my go-to pizza place is in Auburn Hills and it's called pizza One Twelve, And it is fantastic. It is New York style pizza and it is, it's a little tiny little place. They've got other things that are really good. It's not a, you know, you, they've got five or six seats in it. But it's not a you know a restaurant more more of go in get and come out but you can eat there if you want, and I've taken probably twenty people there over the years, and every person that I took there walked out of there saying you just made a fan of me this is unbelievable, so I would take Portnoy to Pizza One Twelve, and as I said on my Twitter, I'd eat there every day if I could until Portillo's opens. <laughs> so they better they better get hustling on, on making that happen. Yeah. Uh, we got one more here. I think this is a good, this is a good walk off for the Ask Campy segment. BK McDonald made me laugh with this one. Today's the fiftieth anniversary of Carol King's masterpiece Tapestry. What's your favorite track off that album? No. I, I, I think it comes down to two camp, right? Like it, it's too late or so far away. Yeah, um, you know, I was fifteen when that came out, so that was right in the prime time. Of, of my high school life, right? And all the chicks, they, they were, you know, that was a big deal, Carol King. So um, I I tell you what, I would go with It's Too Late, but I would say You've Got a Friend is pretty close to. Uh, I'll, I'll get with you on that. I'll get with you on that. I can feel the earth move. I mean, so far, there are so many good ones, which is why people are talking about it 50 years later. But 
I would have to go with it's too late, followed closely by you got a friend. Um, a lot of times after games, I need one. So, uh, you know, I might start playing that song again on the way home. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll take our final break, come back, and get Camp's thoughts uh, on the couple of games against Robert Morris. It's go time, man. We're getting to the middle of February here. Only two regular season weekends left. So uh, we'll wrap up the show talking about that. Camp can get his tapestry playlist going and, and spend the next two hour or the next two minutes and 30 seconds doing that. We'll be back to wrap up the Greg Campy Show, brought to you by the Evans Law Group. Back to the Greg Campy Show. He is a coach, Greg Campy. My name is Neil Rule. Happy to have you with us as we wrap things up in camp. We're coming down the stretch of this show. Robert Morris, the Golden Grizzlies, a couple of huge, huge, huge road opportunities for you guys to get wins. And, and you talked about it with this whole seeding situation, the reward for winning road games. Boy, these are big. And, and people, you know, I, I talked about this a little bit during the last segment. Don't sleep on these guys. They were going to the NCAA tournament last year. They had they they won the NEC uh, conference tournament championship. They were going to March Madness, and you know that says it all right there. The the I guess you would say the the spine of that team is still there. They're they're a good basketball team. Camp. They got four starters back from that. What's hurt them is COVID. They've been shut down more than any program. I think them and UIC probably have been hurt. hit hardest and the worst for this i guess iupui probably is in there too uh but they've been started shut down start shut down uh, they got a kid aj brom that uh you don't see him. he's you know i talk about tanner holton at, at ui or at uh right state but he's two inches bigger and 20 pounds heavier than tanner holton and he's the same player. He's right-handed, Tanner's left-handed, but he, they're the, I mean, 17 feet and in their money, it's it's going in. They can bogart you physically, take you to the basket. Uh, no, Camp's getting a phone call right there. I got a phone call right there, guys. Sorry. The ringtone should be uh, Carol King so far away, Camp. Uh, that, you know, it's, instead it's a 70s song. But, uh <laughs> You talk oh, about how my. physical they were. They're they're a prototypical East Coast team. Yeah, and and they've got they have a freshman that can shoot the snot out of the ball. They've got uh, a, a point guard. That's you know the problem for him in this league is there's so many great point guards in the league. Uh, he's he's all league level except I don't think he's even going to sniff it because they haven't won enough and because you've got Jalen Moore, Antoine Davis, uh, Kirk. Uh, Tejon Lucas, yeah. John Lucas. I mean, you you just rattling off point guards after point guards. But this kid's a good player, and he he made a three on Friday night at the buzzer to send the game into overtime. They've lost four times in overtime. Oh, and they got size too. I mean, it's not like you know Fort Wayne came in the league and then really shoot it, but. You know, they're going to have to figure out how to get the size that the Summit League doesn't have the size that Horizon League has, and they're going to have to recruit that now that they've seen it. Robert Morris has size, so it's not, you know, their, their whole reason that they're, they've lost, I think, six or eight in a row is COVID. And then they've gotten really unlucky, and like I said, they've lost four overtime games. The- so uh, for us, I wish we'd have played them earlier when they were going through all that COVID stuff. Now they've played three, four weekends in a row. They're starting to come in. They're getting ready for the tournament. It's going to be a really, really difficult time for us. I think, you know, we have to get a split. We can't lose two. We have to get a split if we're going to have any chance to go to Milwaukee the last week and play for the top four. So it's an important week. We've got to find a way to get one of them. And if we could get two, we'd be in a really, really good position going to Milwaukee. How do you counteract that then, then, Camp? I mean, do you do it through tempo? Do you do it through maybe pushing the basketball a little bit more than, than you maybe you've wanted to the last couple of weeks? How do you counteract that that size and physicality? Well, I think they want to run. You know, I, I think that I would like to get in a three-point shooting contest with them because I, I think that that kid, I mean, he only shoots, I think he's only shot in league play one three all year. And uh, they like to shoot the three, and they got some kids that can shoot it. Uh, but so do we. So, you know, we've got to pack our zone in and we've got to make them make some threes. That's usually goes against what you want, but 
with this team, wherever wherever Brom is, there's got to be somebody in his path, and it can't be Jalen Moore. It can't be a you know five ten guy. It's got to be size, and uh, and then we've got to score the basketball. We are not going to go there and win if we shoot thirty seven percent from the floor and 28 from the three and 56 from the line, which we're, we're very capable of doing. Uh, we've won a couple games when we've done that. We win in this one if we do that. Uh, they have a new building, too, if, if, if I think I remember reading that right since the last time we were there. I think 2015 or 2016 was the last time that, that we had played there. I think Jalen Hayes had like 16 and 10 that game that you guys got the win. It was a pretty comfortable margin. But uh, I believe I they have a new building. I've taken some great teams to Robert Morris, so I'm sure our coaches and that, uh, you know, we're not quite at the level right now. I think we will be, but we're not quite at the level of the teams I took in there. We won pretty easily there twice. Xavier May's freshman year, we went there. I think that's the game you're talking about. We'd gone there before. And then back in the early 2000s, we went there. We played Pittsburgh there in a tournament. We played uh, Pittsburgh, and we played uh, – um, Cal Irvine, which, you know, that was like in our first or second year of division once. And we, we, we took Pittsburgh to the wire. So we've had some success there, except that you're right, that they tore that place down or renovated that place. And I've been told it's spectacular. And uh, I'm just to see it because everybody says it's, it's big time. Now it's not Northern Kentucky, but it's because it's not as spacious and as big, but it's, new and it's you know it's six thousand or something like that and i hear it's a spectacular building absolutely so certainly looking forward to that that about does it for this week's edition of the greg campy show and kevin mccann's back in the studio camp maybe we got to get him to get some carol king uh bumper bumper music for the campy show would you support that uh support anything the fans want (laughs) (laughs) i I want to know this guy even know who carol king is the guy that sent the the, the tweet in. I, I don't now, get, I gotta believe many of our fans don't even know who she is. <laughs> we'll get to the bottom of that, Camp. Uh, appreciate everybody listening, as you always do. A big thank you to everybody uh, at RJ's Pub, the Evans Law Group, certainly Kevin McCann back in our studios as well. So, for the head coach, Greg Campy, my name is Neil Rule. Thank you one more time for listening, everybody. We'll talk to you next week. Well, see you later. <laughs>